listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We get asked this question all the time, but how to run hard and not burn out. So please share it if you haven't done so. People need to hear this. And it's something we have to answer. You know, people are wondering like, man, it seems like you guys are always going, always on the go, always doing something, always putting something out. How do you, and you get the question as a mom, how do you, you're always in church, you're always cooking for the kids, you're always doing homeschool, you're always, which is why that she relaunched it as nonstop mom. That's the name because literally it's what she is. But people ask us all the time. They'll say that to me. They'll say, how do you, are, how are you always on the go? How is this the fifth week of revival? How are you, how are you still going? How are you not burning out? And this fifth, is a, fifth week of revival in church right. people. And they're out there trying to make it seem like no one's going to church. Everybody's scared. Right. Churches are closed. Are you kidding me? Like 300 people a night we're having in Fitchburg, Mass. And we're not even like in the city of Boston. We're like out in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. I was like an hour outside of Boston. About an hour, yeah. So this is not a time to sit back and just like go with the flow and the wave of this whole pandemic that's happening right now. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah, people are hungry for God and we're seeing God move. But the question is, how does it work? How can you stay in that place, that production, that productive place? How do you run hard? And I'm going to tell you something. The more I'm talking about this, the more I feel the Lord speaking it to me that um, he's calling us to run. And especially going into 2021, we're going to go harder than we've ever gone, accomplish more than we've ever done, and walk in the rest and the peace of God. So today, Carol and I are going to give you four things that really keep us in a place where we don't burn out, we're not burnt out, we're excited to do what we're called to do, and the same will be true for you, that you can accomplish your purpose, what God's called you to do, and never burn out. God doesn't expect you to burn out. He expects you to run, be productive, but also be rested and have peace. And so just because you go hard doesn't mean you have to be in turmoil, doesn't mean you have to be anxious, doesn't mean you have to be tired all the time. Um, You have to use wisdom. But we're going to deal with four things, really, that keep us in a productive place. I mean, we put out two books during the pandemic, uh, preached probably, you know, close to 150 times during the pandemic, in, during lockdown, people you wonder, how do you do You weren't doing workout challenges, videos, and no, tagging I was not. people? Oh. <laughs> I wasn't doing push-ups and tagging three people to join me. Um, <laughs> but at the, same, at the same time, how do you do it? I mean, how do you do it and make it work and not get tired of it and burn out and feel like, oh, I'm done with this? We're going to give you four things. And um, the first thing I want you to see, and I want you to turn there in your Bible if you would, is uh, go to Joel chapter two. And uh, you definitely need to see this. And hey, Dana, God bless you guys. Rachel, um, Mark Hansen, love you too, buddy. Thank you. Um, go with me to the book of Joel chapter two. And I wanted to, this, this is a, a passage that, that really stirred me up. And um, the first thing we wanna cover and talk about is the way that we stay in a place where we don't burn out that we don't uh, break down is, and you can put this in the comments, we operate in the confines of our purpose. That's it. Operate inside the confines of your purpose. The moment you start going outside of your purpose, outside of your calling, outside of your anointing, you leave the strength of God And you step into fleshly strength. And fleshly strength is finite. Whereas God's strength is infinite. The strength of the Holy Ghost is infinite. Your strength is finite. So we operate inside the confines of our purpose. And um, one of the things that the Lord showed me, which I thought was so powerful, in his word, Joel chapter 2, listen to this, verses 7 and 8. 
It says they shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his way. And they shall not break their ranks. That's important. We don't break our ranks. We don't run outside of our ranks. You know, if you're in a track meet and you do that, you get disqualified. You can't get out of your lane and get into somebody else's lane. Stay in yours. And so we don't break our ranks. Verse 8, neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. We're not trying to bump, into, bump other people out of their purpose and take over their stuff. We don't need that. We, we need to do what God's called us to do. And you don't want their stuff. No. Because everything God has for you is custom made for you. People so, and that's why comparing yourself with other people is so dangerous because you start to think, well, I should do, I should be doing what they're doing. I can do what they do and all that. And, and the problem is if God didn't tell you to do it, then you're doing it in your flesh. And unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So they, they will walk everyone in their own path and look at this. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Why? Because God's protection is for you there in your own path, not breaking rank, not thrusting another. And so what do we do? We make sure that what we're doing is inside of our own purpose. We make sure that what we're doing is inside of our own call. If God didn't tell us to do it, we don't want to ever do it. That's how we live. Absolutely. If he didn't call us, if he didn't specifically instruct us, I don't want to be involved with it. Wow, we've had lots of opportunities to go outside of that. I mean, when you're around everybody who's doing things, you come from a family who's all doing the same thing, it's easy to look and say, well, that's something I want. It's not that God's never going to give it to us, but we have to follow the instruction that he has for, for us specifically in order for it to work. You know, we get that question a lot. Uh, Well, um, at least I do, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And, and, you know, it you learn to balance it all. You learn what's supposed to be first, what's supposed to be important, what, you know, what takes precedent. There is a rank for stuff. Oh yeah. A priority for sure. And, And, and it's not that, you know, you're, you're one of the biggest examples because you are so gifted in so many ways. Not that I'm not or like other people. Anyone can be, especially being filled with the Holy Spirit. But you're so gifted in so many ways. But I know that for you over the years, you've had to learn to put it in certain order. Because God has blessed you with an incredible mind and you know everything. (laughs) I don't know everything. Obnoxiously everything. (laughs) Yes, you do. But when you have, the point she's making is when you have gifts and you have talents, you have to always be keeping your purpose in mind. Like, you know, I know, for example, I'm interested in many things. I'm interested in many, many things and, and I I can pick them up. So, you know, being interested in photography and graphic design and videography and web design and, you know, all these different things. And they all assist me in my purpose. However, they're, you know, it's like, um, which we'll deal with as, as really number two, because these fade into each other. But the second thing you've got to do to not burn out is that not just operate in the confines of your purpose, but you've got to let the right things go out of your life because not everything that you're doing is assisting you in your call and purpose. And it could even be something that does assist you, but you get too involved with it. I'll give you an example from the scripture. Um, the Bible says in Acts chapter two, that the church was growing so rapidly in the early church that there were people who needed help. So they had widows and orphans. They had food distribution because they were feeding everybody. And the apostles started to realize, I cannot be sitting around doing food distribution. Now, are we called to bless the poor? Yes. Are we called uh, to serve those uh, that need help and and need service? Are Are we called to take care of widows and orphans? Absolutely. But what did the apostles realize? Listen to this. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching. How can the apostles teach 
if the apostles don't have time to study to teach. You see what I'm saying? So if the church, which by the way, if you read Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47, it gives you the formula of why the church exploded in the early church. But if the, if the apostles themselves did not have time to study and to pray and to fast, they would have had nothing to give the early church. So the apostles said, we're not going to be the ones who are doing the food distribution and waiting tables and taking care. We're going to raise up other people, delegate these tasks to other people that are worthy of the tasks so that we have the opportunity and the time to study the word, to pray, to be in the presence of God. So could the apostles have done it? Yes. They had the wherewithal. They had the wisdom. They had all that they needed to do to do those things, but they chose not to do them. Why? Because they had to take what was top priority for their call and purpose and make that number one. Right. If I'm doing all this other stuff, I can't do what's number one, which makes my main purpose ineffective. Now the church can't grow because they don't have the apostles doctrine because the apostles don't have doctrine to teach because they're not praying and reading the word. So you have to cut the right things out. There's Olga. She said, dynamic duo are back. Love you, Olga. <laughs> Love you, Olga. So what did they say? They said, we won't be the ones waiting tables. We're not getting involved in food distribution. And so the same thing has to be true for you. There might be things you, there's a lot of things you could do. There's only a few things you should do. Well, it's not that the disciples didn't have the heart for the people. Mm -mm. And that's where a lot of people get messed up. They feel like they have to have their hand in every single thing that they have a heart for. You know, <laughs> I'm in the ministry. I have a heart for people. I hate sin. And there's lots of sinful things out there. I hate all the different things that are going on with the, the, the kids and the trafficking and the this and then that. But if I decide because I feel bad for that, to go and jump on board with this charity or start this or do that. And God, God didn't direct me. I'm just going by my heart for it. Then I'm going to be out of what God's called me to do right now right. for what I'm doing. Yeah. So people get messed up. They, they get that, uh, the fleshly feeling of, I feel bad. Yeah. I got to be a part of this yep. and I got to do that because I, I, I don't like kids being taken or I don't, you know, well, no, who likes it? But you know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't be my lane. Well, for, think of it this way. And I want you to put this in the comments section. A need doesn't constitute a calling. A need does not constitute a calling. We've made this on the broadcast before this, this example is that, yeah, there are orphans all over the world who need orphanages. But did God ever tell me to build orphanages? No. So I'm not going to make that one of the main thrusts of Miracle Word Ministries and say, we're launching out to build our orphanages in all these nations. If God told me to, I would do it. And you know what else I would do? I would have the resources come in to do it. I'd have the strength to do it. I'd have the people drawn to me to help me do it. It would like flow like a river if he called me to do it. Right. If he didn't, I'm going to be coming up with all that on my own and my flesh will get burnt out. Once again, going back to number one, doing something that's not in my calling, in the confines of my calling. And so, I'm, I, I, you know, a need, you can see a need. That doesn't mean you're the one that's supposed to meet the need. Because the people will get hard on you about it. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't think Why aren't you're you not, doing anything? I don't think you're, you're, you haven't been vocal enough about it. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I'll say stuff about things. Now, we have friends that do that stuff and have launched out in it. But that's what I'm saying. But if we... God has directed them to do it. And so right. it's going to flourish. It's going to... What they've asked, what the Lord has asked them to do, yep. because they're operating in the anointing of it, right. it's smooth sailing. Yeah. But if I was to step out and then get out of, you know, this and that, other things in my life are going to crumble. Right. My kids are not going to get me around. Uh, you know, the, the ministry of nonstop mom that God specifically has, and I have a heart for would, would be, you know, left to the side. Miracle word kids wouldn't get the attention because I got attracted to something that God didn't call me to be attracted to. Yep. And you know what, how, you know, what causes that to happen is that people, and this is dangerous. So please put this in your notes, uh, put it in the comments. Don't get bored 
in your calling. Don't get bored. What happens to people? They get bored because they're not getting fresh revelation from God. They're not getting fresh impartation. And so they get bored in their calling. They get bored in their purpose. So what do they start doing? Searching for things that excite them, something new. Oh, I'm tired of pastoring my church. I'm tired of doing this. I'm t- and so what am I going to do? I'm going to find something that excites me because it puts me back into a place of passion again. Oh, I like that. Oh, I, I have a heart for that. But God never told you to do it. Right. You have to stay on fire for what you're called to do and don't get off track with something that just excites you. Because there are things that can excite you in the flesh, excite you in your soul, but it was never an instruction from God. As a result, what happens? People burn out because they start throwing their strength into something they were never called to do. And now they're providing their own strength and that runs out. It runs out. The resources run out. And I don't get bored in your call. And I get that question a lot. You know, how do you do this? You know, someone wrote me the other day, you know, when your kids are acting crazy and you know, I, you're, I always see on Instagram, you're making dinner and then you're doing school and you're doing this and you're putting this out and you're putting that out, you know, but, and then she said, I can hardly get to church at night. I'm like, and so my response to her was, you're going to have to let other stuff go before you let church go. Yeah. You can't let that stuff become a priority in your That's life. Right. And then say, because we know in Nehemiah is 810, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I told her, I said, listen, I love to be in the anointing. I know how it makes me feel. I know even when I'm sitting in the back dealing with a four-year-old who can't hardly sit still or learn how to whisper yet or chooses (laughs) not to because he's just like his dad. Very strong-willed. No. Wow. <laughs> He's a Shuttlesworth. What do you, you know, that's all I have to say. Um, is, you know, I realize that my spirit man is still going to get it and still being in the anointing, even though I don't get to sit and be completely, you know, plugged in and focused, I know that just being in the presence of God, singing the songs, listening to the preaching, hearing the gift of faith preached, that I go home feeling full, feeling fed. And so I realized if there's something that you're doing throughout the week, you got all your kids in sports, you got, you know, your homeroom mom, you're this and that, or you've signed up for every volunteer position at the church. It's good to volunteer. But when it comes to the point where you're too tired to actually go to a service, something else has to be let go. And so I, I know that on church days, there's less I'll do. My kids are in stuff. Teddy's in T-ball. You know, Brooklyn was in ballet. When they get rid of the non, you know, logical mask rule, she'll go back to ballet. Uh, You know, different things like that. But I learned that on Wednesdays, it's different. What is my schedule going to look like on Wednesdays when I sign my kids up for stuff? And I just let people know, like, we can make it or we can't make it. But we're going to be ready for the house of God. It's not going to be a second thought. No. To go to the house of God. So We put him first. So we're not going to go tired. We're not going to do everything up until church starts. And then, you know, and I, I know lots of people that are like that. But you have to put the house of God first and show your children that and realize that being in the anointing. I know moms get so tired because they're in church and they're telling kids to be quiet a hundred times. But listen, it's only for a season. They grow out of it. It's important they see the miracles. It's important that they hear the word. It's important that they know when the house of God doors are open, you come in. You come in and sit and be a part of it, just like everybody else. Absolutely. You have to make sure you're letting the right things go. Not everything should hold top priority in your life, is what she's saying. God is first. Your family is second. Everything else falls under that. You know, and the thing about it is people ask you know, they asked me like, you know, what, what is the order of priority for the ministry? Let me tell you what the order of priority is. My life with God first, my own personal life. Then it's my wife. She is number two in my life right under God. Then it's my children. By the way, your children are not above your spouse. Don't let your marriage become destroyed because you put your kids above your spouse. Your kids will be gone one day, married, living in their own place. And you've got your spouse for life. Don't end up, we've seen a lot of people, they become roommates because they're not even, 
they don't even have that same close relationship because the wife just put the kids first all the time and never spent any time with her husband. You know, husband, same thing, whatever. It's my, it's my relationship with the Lord. Then it's my wife. Then it's my children. Fourth is my ministry. Ministry doesn't come before children, doesn't come before my wife, and it doesn't come before my personal relationship with the Lord. I've seen preachers that lose their children. They lose them because their ministry came before their children. I'll never lose my children. They lose their relationship with their wife yeah. because the ministry came before their family. Our kids will never know like, to be on the back burner. That's one thing that I've seen with kids who have gotten away that are, are preacher kids. And I'll ask them, I'll sit down because I'm curious to find out why do you think and they all have the same answer. But our kids will always be able to reach us. They can always go to him. Right. It, you know what I mean? There's not like separate rooms. There's not this and at the church. Or, your dad's off doing ministry. It's like, no, we're doing this as a family. Right. You need your dad. You're more than welcome to go to him. We're not going to be rude if he's talking to somebody. You wait your turn. But your dad is reachable. Your mom is reachable. It's right. not, you know, I know so many people. You, you, do you have a, a nanny that goes with you on the road? Do you go, you guys have a week-long service. Do you take the kids every night to service you don't leave them back at the hotel and go no you know i like what uh never i like who i consider to be phenomenal parents dr andre and jenny rabert that run faith broadcasting network phenomenal mom and dad as as well as you know what they're doing for the lord but one of the things dr andre said one time which and, and and uh pastor jenny said as well is they you know their kids are older now than ours obviously their kids are are older but one of the things they said was, I made sure my kids knew. It didn't matter what I was doing. Dr. Andre told me this. He said, I could have been in a board meeting with all of Faith Broadcasting Network board, TBN board, didn't matter. My son is free and welcome to walk in the door and come right up to the boardroom table and talk to me. He can call me on my cell phone. I answer it. He said, I don't, I don't say, get out of here. We're in a board meeting. He said, my boy knows anytime he wants to walk in and talk to dad. Dad's here. I'll pause the board meeting. They can wait. He even said, like, if he called, he said sometimes it wouldn't even be an important thing. It'd just be like a question. Yeah, a simple he doesn't question. Care. He'd still answer the call. He doesn't care. Because what he made up in his mind, I'm going to put my family first. And let me tell you what. Every one of their kids is not only serving the Lord on fire and producing for the kingdom of God. That doesn't happen by accident. Right. Happens because you sowed it, made it happen by training them up in the way they should go and showing them that the love of God and that they're first in your life. And I applaud them because not every preacher's kids are serving the Lord. Some have a sour taste in their mouth because of the ministry and all this. And my kids will know that my wife will know she's first. Kids are second. Ministry is fourth. God, wife, kids, ministry. Always your ministry, your job, your career, your call. It's not worth losing your kids over. It's not worth losing your wife over. And it's not worth losing your own personal salvation over. So you have to prioritize what's right. If you don't destruction comes, it's not ministry, then kids, then wife, then your relationship with God. What good does it do to minister your whole life and go to hell at the end of it? You see what I mean? What good does it do to minister your whole life and do 300 dates a year and your wife's not even there when you come home? She's left, you packed the bags and it's gone. None of that. It's all foolishness. You're not God's only worker. Somebody put it in the comments. I'm not God's only worker. I'm not God's only worker. That's a, that's a spirit of pride, by the way. These guys that are driven to do everything and leave their family behind, they got to do 360 things a year. It's like, dude, Busy work. you're not that important. You're not that important. I don't care how powerful your ministry is. You're not that important. You're not, you're one of many that God has on the earth. We're the family of God. There's many of us doing the work, many of us doing the work. I'm not that important. You're not that important in that, in that view. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not God's only worker. God has other workers. You know, if you take a vacation, it's going to be okay. You know, it's a spirit of pride. There's pastors that'll never take a vacation from their church. They'll never go on vacation. Well, the church needs to be here. I got to be here in the pulpit. If I leave, the thing's going to go down. That's a spirit of pride. 
You're not that important. If God, let me tell you something. If your church crumbles because you took a two-week vacation, it wasn't built on the Spirit of God. It's built on your personality, (laughs) and that's pride. I I got to be there. I got to be in the house. If I'm not in the house, the thing's going to fall apart. It's a problem. It's a problem. You're you're not God's only worker, and if your church crumbles because you went on a two-week vacation, it wasn't built on God's Spirit. It was built on your personality. So the foundation was wrong anyway. We're not God's only workers. Which leads us to number three, how we run hard and don't burn out. We take proper rest. We take proper rest. That's scriptural, by the way. That's not a self-help message. We take proper rest. Let me read to you Mark chapter six. The Lord showed me this last year in a corrective moment. God corrected me. Yeah, we went went a little too hard. God corrected me, (laughs) taught me a lesson. And this will... Forever, I'll never think the same about rest again. with blindness. I'm just kidding. This is what he said to me. This is what he showed me about people that are going hard all the time with no rest. Listen to this. Mark 6, verses 30 and 31. Look at how Jesus responds. Now, first of all, Jesus is the one who sent the apostles out to do the work. He's the source of their instruction. They go do the work. They come back to report their work. Look at this. Mark 6, 30. And the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Now they thought, I'm sure they thought, he's going to now critique us and give us a great job, way to do the work. Here's what I'd do better next time. Look at verse 31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. (laughs) He didn't even comment on the gospel. Didn't comment on the signs, wonders, and miracles. Didn't comment on the conversions. Didn't comment on the, on, on the healings. He said, now that you're done working, come away and rest. Why? For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So what did Jesus teach them? Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. See, they made shirts like that and the world thought it was their idea. That's right. (laughs) Scripture. (laughs) The Lord was teaching them. You can go hard, but there's got to be a break from that. You notice this is the same Jesus that said in John nine, four, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is yet day. The night is coming where no man can work. Urgency, urgency, but it's the same Jesus saying now that you did some work, Stop, come away, rest. He didn't say, keep working. Why are you back here talking to me? There's people that need to be saved, people that need the gospel. Get up, get back out there. What are you taking a break for? Get a drink of water and get moving again. No, stop, stop, go rest. Stop, let's go rest. What's the key here? God didn't want you running, you know, Your life, your calling, your anointing, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Put it in the comments. My calling is not a sprint, it's a marathon. That's a huge thought. Yeah. There's people that fizzle out. Because one, like you said, pride. They think they, they have to be the only worker. And then two, when you rest, it shows a sign of faith that you have. Yes, it does. Because... He's still doing, things are still going on. Just because you're taking a break doesn't mean, you know, that nothing's going to happen. No harvests are coming in, you know, things aren't going to get done. It shows a sign of faith that, you know, you're taking care of while you take a break. Listen, when you talk about sowing and reaping and it says bread to the eater and seed to the sower, when you're eating bread, to me, I'm thinking you're relaxed. You're enjoying, you're eating, you're sitting down, you're resting. So there is a time of rest. And so he's going to provide for you even when you're not physically working on something that, you, that you're normally doing. Absolutely. It shows a sign of, of faith. To me, resting, you know, everyone's like, oh, I rest in his promises. I rest. But do you really? Do you really have that faith where you can have that peace of God and relax and know that because you're taking a break, like he's saying here, you think that, you know, things weren't happening because he told the disciples to, to relax for a little bit. Right. No, the power of God was still moving. 
But he knows that your physical body needs to still take a break in order for it to be productive. Absolutely. I mean, what good are you in any area of your life if you're burnt out? Right. What good are you as a wife to your husband if you, you know, have strained red, strained red eyes, burnt out, looking like a hot mess? And it's even worse if you have strange red eyes. <laughs> then you've got demons. <laughs> but I mean, what good are you? Then the tone in the home is completely out of sorts. Okay, so that, then that trickles down to the kids. Yep. You have no patience. You're out of control. I mean, when you are unrested, it, it's terrible in every area of your life. Yeah. So he wants you to rejuvenate your body. He wants you to get into that state of, listen, it's okay. <laughs> Take a break. You, be full of faith. Everything's going to be working out. It's all right. That's right, yeah. And I did, Billy, and I did say that yesterday. Even in times of rest, I'm advancing. I said that yesterday. Even in times of rest, I'm advancing. So, you know, I, I talk about doing rest and still advancing or sharpening myself at the same time. I'll listen to podcasts while I'm resting. I'll listen to audio. Yeah. I'll watch YouTube videos. I'm still, I am still sharpening but myself, every, but I don't have to be out working to do that. Everyone knows those people. Everyone has those friends that it's like... <laughs> always like kind of a little bit frazzled, always telling you they're tired. And you're just kind of looking at them like, dude, just yeah, if you're not, if chill you're not tired, out. If you're tired all the time. Chill out. There's something wrong. Chill out. If you're tired all <laughs> the time. It's like the thing you're always saying. You know, I, I think like, to relax. myself like, you know, that has to be pride. Because you're, you don't even, I mean, I want you to think of this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are to properly steward your body for God. You know, what do you think God wants you to do? You think he wants you to uh, operate for him for 10 years? Or do you think he'd prefer that you live and work for him 50 years in, in your calling, in your purpose? Of course, the, obviously the longer one. Most people can't because they don't properly take care of their bodies. They don't take care of the body. I always mention him because it's such a sad story, but I think of Jack Coe who died at, what, 38, 39. He didn't take care of his body. Did not take care of his body. Had a powerful miracle ministry. People saved tens of thousands under the tent. Died before 40. Didn't take care of himself. I did a podcast probably a while ago when I first started Nonstop Mom, but it was on the power of no. It's like we don't have to say yes to everything just because I know how to do it. Right. Doesn't mean I should be doing it. You don't it. have to be everybody's answer. So it's and like you're gifted, because, they'll pull on you. Yeah, and because you have it, you know, I, I, I did it on like a low example for uh, parents. It's like they're so involved. They're so stressed. I got to be a part of this. I got to say yes to this. I, you know, I know people like that. It's like they're always frazzled. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's other people that could be doing that. Right. You don't have to say yes. Learn the power of no. Know what God is asked you to do and like we said at the beginning you stay in your lane i could say yes to a lot of things but i know what my priorities are right it doesn't mean i don't know how to do it because i say no and there's where pride steps in again they think oh well i look like i can't do this well do you know sometimes too and this is something you have to work on personally is sometimes people get their personal fulfillment from being from just getting the approval of others for doing everything for them and so they get their personal fulfillment there. They're like, they get their high off their praise. If, I, if they don't get that, then they feel like they're a failure because they're not doing things like that for people. But you have to understand, you have to be uh, confident in your own personal anointing purpose in life and understand you don't have to say yes to everybody to get that approval, to feel fulfilled. There are times it's important to say no. There are times it's important to say no. Because it's the no moments, this is really, this is so important. It's the no moments that allow you the opportunity to have the right yes moments. It's the no moments that give you the opportunity to have the, re- the right yes moments. If, I, if I'm saying yes to everything, I can't say yes to the right things. I won't have the strength, resources, time to do what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm saying yes to everything. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll no miss out. Things. He'll be asking you to do something that he needs you to do, and you're going to end up saying no to that. Right. You have to, have to, have to prioritize that time. And then rest yourself. 
uh, I had a minister say to me, now at first I thought he was off his rocker, but now more I'm realizing what God, how God operates. He wasn't that far off. He told me that every quarter of the year, I should take time to rest myself. He said, not just once a year, but he said, every quarter of the year, you should take some kind of time to rest yourself. And the more I see that, because we do go hard every quarter, I'm realizing he's right. He's right. That's wisdom that you've got to constantly be taking care of yourself, constantly be resting yourself and be in position for God to use you. It's very hard to be accurately used by God if you're worn out all the time. It doesn't work that way. You got to be refreshed. You got to be ready. Let me finish with this before we pray for you. The fourth thing that we always make sure that we do uh, is we properly fuel ourselves. Properly fuel yourself. You've got to be receiving things into your spirit in order to properly put things out of your spirit. You've got to keep filling yourself proper fuel. That's impartation from other men and women of God. That's properly fueling yourself with the word, with prayer. And it's also being in that presence of God. That's where the strength is. Being in God's presence. Let me read you something real quick. 1 Kings 19. That's why I came up here this week. Yeah. I had to smack a few people along the way at the airport, but I got here. You got here. You made it. <laughs> made it um first kings 19 listen to this this is verses uh five through eight elijah is fleeing jezebel and the bible says this listen and elijah verse five first kings 19 five through eight and elijah lay down and slept under a broom tree and behold an angel touched him And said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat. For the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and when he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. And so obviously this was supernatural. This was not a natural 40-day fast. God gave him supernatural food to eat that sustained his physical body for 40 days. I want you to see this. Here is the picture. You've got to receive supernatural sustenance from God's spirit to stay fueled for your purpose. What did Jesus say in Matthew 4? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus, again, John six sixty three. the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. If you're not taking this word in daily, you're missing out on fuel for your spirit. If you're not praying daily, Missing out on fuel for your spirit. If you don't get into the presence of God, if you don't praise him, worship him daily, missing out on fuel for your spirit. And when the fuel's not there, you cannot run like you're called to run. Elijah ran on the strength of that 40 days on one meal, one encounter with God's presence. Imagine if you'd get into it every day. Jesus got into it every day. Rose up early before the dawn and prayed. He knew the word. He got into his father's presence. We take steps to fuel ourselves. Yeah, and I can tell even more than the last few years, if I do get, start getting like busy and and not, you know, waking up and doing it and kind of going on to the next thing and getting too much on my plate, I can feel a difference. I feel like a, like a, like a- Lethargy? Yeah, but it's like the energy has been sucked out of me and it's like, I know exactly what needs to be done. It's not- the carbs, it's not working out. It's because, and I, and you have to look back over. You have to like stop for a second and be like, well, what, what has been different? I, I know what it is. I haven't been in the word like I used to be, or I haven't been doing this like I used to be. And so it's easy, even as ministers to get caught up in that. You get busy, you get on the road. I'm doing multiple things. You know, I don't have the luxury of just 
running away into a room and closing the door <laughs> and studying. Little pitter-patter of feet or screaming, you know, Mom, I need something. You know, as soon as I leave the room, it's like they know my presence has left. I could be in the kitchen. They don't talk to me. I leave the second and then they're not. Where's Mom? Mom. And so it's easy to get caught up in doing other things, but I know that draining feeling. So it, you know, how do you, how do you have a baby and do this? How do you do this? I have realized that there's always some time in the middle of the day that you can give your spirit man meals. Always. Whether it's in the car and you're listening to something. Whether they're taking a 30 minute nap. You know, don't put them down for a nap and just be like, oh, I'm exhausted. I need some me time. Read the word of God. I mean, apps nowadays read the Bible to you. So if you're too tired and you want to lay there and just listen to the word of God, have your phone. There's always something. Or I've got, I can't sit down and do this. I always encourage women, take a couple scriptures on a topic. If it's healing, if it's provision, if it's joy, if, you know, what do you, what do you need? I, I need to get rid of fear. Get a couple scriptures and dwell on it. Get the revelation of it. Feed it into your spirit, man, so you understand it and feel a strength. You know, when I get a revelation of the word, I feel like the strength that comes inside of me that it can't be taken out. So there's always a point in your day that you can. Now, every season's going to look different. I used to talk to my mother-in-law about this because I'd wake up at her house and she'd be sitting on the couch quietly reading the Bible and I would be up with the baby and I got a nurse and I got to do that. And she used to encourage me and say, listen, Carolyn, Everything's going to be different. What I do now is not how it was when, when I was doing homeschool. What I, what I have the ability to now was not when, when Teddy and Megan were young. She, it, she had to shift, and I've learned that from her, that each season is going to look different, but you can do something in each season. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You have to determine what can I do in this season that what do I have the time to do? What can I, and you know, I tell people this, if you feel like you go through your day and there's just no time to do it, wake up an hour earlier, Mm -hmm. wake up an hour earlier, do whatever you have to do. Because see, when something's number one on the priority list, it has to be the thing that gets done first. So you have to make sure you have to, I always tell people, schedule your reading time, schedule your prayer time. Like you would an, an appointment, put it in your calendar if you have to and say every day from seven to 8 AM, I'm reading and praying. You know, then eight, I start getting ready for work. I leave at 845 or whatever your schedule is. Do your thing and say, hey, this is something God ordained me to do. It's got to get done. Here's when I'm going to do it. You'll get it done more and more often if you'll schedule it into your day and say, hey, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. My phone's on do not disturb. My, my phone's off the hook in the house and I am reading the word. I am praying that hour is God's hour. That's God's hour. And when you make it up in your mind like that, it gives you us, uh, uh, um, what we, I guess it, the best way to say it is you, you get to be uh, a steady, what's the word I'm looking for? Consistent. Thank you. Consistent. You're welcome. <laughs> a consistency in your life. And, you know, you form that as a habit. You know, when you form something as a habit, it comes, becomes normalized in your life. Yeah. May, let that become normalized in your life. Let that become normalized. We make everything else routines. We have no problem, like, making sure we have the gym membership and mm-hmm. making sure, you know, we do this and have this hobby and make sure we do this on the weekend. But like you said, schedule it. Put yep. it as part as your main schedule, just like anything else. Because you don't want to get to a point in life, everyone gets in this crisis mode Mm -hmm. and they're panicking if something happens. But it's like, you won't have to panic. You won't even have to feel what's happening around you when you're prepared already. Right. When you're already prepared and something comes your way that the enemy is trying to come at you, you, lots of times you won't even know. Because you took care of it here. Right. And so when it tries to happen down the road... You're just, you don't even know that the enemy tried to attack you in something because you're already prepared. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so we want to pray for you at the end of the day because I'm feeling this in my spirit more and more and more and more. And I've been prophesying it. I've been saying it to people. 
But I really believe, and, I, and I'm not saying this in a cheesy way, and I, did, I don't even mean it to rhyme. It just does by happenstance. But I really believe that we're going to run in 2021. I really believe that. And I, you know, I know I hate to sound cheesy because it does rhyme, but I don't care. I feel that in my spirit. I've said it multiple times in the fall here, and I believe it's going to be, I'm telling you how I feel it. I feel it just like what I've prophesied before in the past, like Elijah coming off Mount Carmel, God anointing him and him outrunning King Ahab to the entrance of the city of Jezreel, outrunning his enemy. I feel this attack that came on America and the world this year, 2021, we are outrunning every enemy of our soul, outrunning every enemy of our purpose, outrunning every enemy of our health, our strength, everything that the enemy has sent to destroy us. We're getting ready to run in 2021. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, I feel it in my spirit. It's going to be such a momentum of the Holy Ghost in this upcoming year. I've got my faith set. We're going to run in 2021 in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to run in 2021 in Jesus' mighty name. So we're preparing ourselves. You know what you do before a run? You stretch out. You warm up. And I'm telling you, October, November, December, we're finishing this year in violent increase and expedited favor. And I'm using this final quarter to stretch myself out by faith, to warm myself up. Because I'm going to hit 2021 in a full stride. I'm going to hit it in a full stride. And and we're going to run like we've never run in Jesus' name and outrun every enemy of our life, soul, purpose, whatever. You know, leave it in the dust in Jesus' name. And and like Elijah did, we're going to run. For those getting the magazine, that was actually my article was called Autopilot Off. Because people get to fall and they get, you know, everyone's got the most. Here you are, flying into 2021. That's exactly it. And so the key becomes, we're preparing ourselves. We're prepping ourselves yeah. for a new year of supernatural favor. And we're going to run like we never have. We're going to pray for you. And ask God to touch you, everyone that's watching today. And God is going to touch you. And these last three months of this year are going to blow your mind by the power of God. For the faithful, for those that are pressing in. I want you to bow your head if you can, not if you're driving a car, but if you can. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray now for the people of God. I ask you now in Jesus' name to let us catch on fire. Let us warm up. Let us stretch out and get ready to run in this new year. I pray in Jesus' name that you would blow our minds with violent increase in these last three months in the wonderful name of Jesus. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, that the windows of heaven would open over our houses, over our ministries, over our businesses. In Jesus' name, pour out blessings that we don't have room enough to contain in the name that's above every name. And then Lord, give us that supernatural sustenance like you gave to Elijah and give us the ability to run through 2021 in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. We are thankful for your glory, your anointing, your presence. Use us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. We love you so much. Listen, we want to encourage you. Carolyn and I have been praying, and this is so exciting to me. We're stepping out, and Miracle Word TV begins. It's beginning. And we're jumping on 80-plus million homes, three continents in phase one. We put all that in the magazine for you guys to see. Phase one blows my mind. I mean, I never thought that would be phase one. But a huge step. Phase two adds the Caribbean islands. Phase three, I haven't even told Carolyn everything that I've talked about with our our friends and partners, but it's going to allow us to jump into over 150 nations of the world. It's actually over 180 nations, but conservatively, 150 nations of the world with the gospel every single week. God is getting ready to cause this ministry to explode, and it's only by his hand. It's only by his power. It's not by might. Not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. And uh, we're getting ready to see harvest like we've never seen. And, and so what we're asking you to do, pray. Would you stand with this ministry in partnership? Many, many people, the, the Lord's speaking to you to so largely. There's people watching, you own businesses, you have a ministry, you have things that are set. So largely, there's many of you God speaking. 
So $10,000, so $50,000. But there's others, others of you, God's speaking to partner with this ministry. We've asked God, Lord, connect us with a, a thousand people that would stand with us at $85 a month or more. Many are already doing it. What is the Lord telling you to do? Because you are a part of this ministry. You're a part of what God's doing through Miracle Word. And so here's all you got to do. The information's on the screen. You can go to miracleword.com and you can click the give button and set up a monthly seed or you can sow a one-time seed. You can give by Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, all the information there on the screen. Or if you are in Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section. And, uh, and sow your seed right there in the comments. And we say thank you to everybody that's doing that. For everybody that's sowing this month, uh, we're going to send you this book by Dr. Lester Summerall, Adventuring with Christ. It's his story of how he got started in the ministry, how he met Howard Carter and Smith Wigglesworth and all the miracle stories of his travels. It's a mind-blowing story and you'll enjoy it. It'll build your faith. And then for people that are sowing largely, $1,000 or more, we're including with that a genuine leather life application study Bible and the limited edition hardcover, Further Faster, the new book that we just released. Carolyn's new book is Outlines. You can go to shop.miracleword.com or Amazon. Get any of our resources that we have available. It'll be a massive blessing to you. We're going to be back in the studio uh, next week. And uh, I want to just say this to you because I know I probably shouldn't, but it's in the magazine, which is already shipped, so I'm okay to say it now. We've got a brand new course coming out from Miracle Word University called Divine Prosperity. And uh, it's coming out November the 23rd. November the 23rd, Walking in Supernatural Financial Abundance. This course is going to blow your mind and build your faith. And uh, I'm getting ready to film the course when I go home next week. It'll be available for you guys at the end of November. What a way to get your year started. And then, of course, I've got the book that's coming out on fasting and prayer before the new year begins. Chapters are already done. We're getting it all put together. We want to make sure that you have it in your hands before the new year fast. Alex Iaquinto said, lines is fire. Aww. Lines is fire. Alex. I love you so love much, you, Alex. 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 Is preaching. Is preaching. My nephew got asked to preach at his youth group Sunday evening on the coming of Christ. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fire. Proud of him. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us today. We love you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. And uh, you don't want to miss this breakthrough service tonight. If you can't be here, jump online and watch it. It's going to be awesome. We love you. Be blessed. We'll see you again on Monday morning. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.